Hey, welcome back to another rep. My name is Steve Hagen. I am the creator and the owner of this show. I love this show. I say this all the time. And the reason I love it is because I get to hear everybody's story. And you're going to love this story today. This story is uh, from my starting quarterback when I was the head coach in Italy this past spring. Andrea was my starting quarterback. He was the only Italian quarterback in the whole league. Every other team had American quarterbacks. And, and um, so you're going to hear the story of an American coach and, uh, and an Italian quarterback. And we're trying to lead our team to the championship. And, and what I loved about Andrea is, is he, uh, he emboldened the, the concept of smart, fast, physical, fundamental football player that does whatever it takes to win and leave no doubt. I would say that to our team all the time, and he was that guy. And so I think you're really going to enjoy listening to him. Just hang in here, lean in, and listen up. Let's go. Hey, welcome back to another rep of the show. I, uh, I have one of my favorite guests of all time. He was my quarterback in Italy, and what a superstar, man. It's just so fun. He's in Milan. It's about 8 o'clock in Nashville, Tennessee, where I am at. And Andrea's in Milan. And uh, Andrea, welcome to the show. This is another rep. Um, what time is it in Milan? Ciao, Coach. Hello. What yeah. an honor. Yeah. A, I am. It's 3 p.m. over here. 3 p.m. Wow. I always got screwed up with the time because, you know, my family was over here before they came over and They'd call me, and sometimes they'd call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, i got to get some sleep somehow along the way. But um, it was a lot of fun. Hey, you know what was so impressive to me when, uh, you know, people that have listened to this show, another rep, knew that I was in Italy coaching, or anybody that that, uh, just tunes in for the first time here. I was in Italy coaching in uh, Farenza, Florence, Italy, and Milan is three hours north. And that's where Andrea, our quarterback, lived. And you commuted down, which was really cool. But we're going to get into that a little bit later. I want you to just take the freedom of the microphone and just tell everybody how you started football, when you started football, you know, how old are you right now, and all that stuff. Because football is so unique in Italy. It's so it's, – it's fun and unique and different. And so um, – when did you start playing football, Andrea? Italian and European standard, uh, like as soon as I was born, because my dad used to play. Um, so I, 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 I was born with a football in my hands, and that's not normal in, in Europe, because like a football isn't that popular like, like it is in the U.S. So I got guys that are playing with me that started playing football like two years ago, three years ago, because they had no idea that, that, that they could play football in Italy. So I was lucky uh, for that. Uh, I, I started uh, having a football in my hands since I was one month old. That's and, um, so I, I never stopped. I, uh, yeah, I actually started to play in a, in a team at, uh, I think I was 12 years old. And, and I started with flag football. Because like in Italy, you can't put... Um, your helmet on until you're like 16. So I started with flag football at 12 and I went under 13 team, under 15, under 18, then senior team. And, and here I am. Yeah. And I'm 24 now. now. You're 20 what? 
24, about to turn 25 actually in one week. Yeah. Okay. And what do you do for a living right now? Because people don't understand that. Usually in America, you just play football. Yeah. The, the, that, that's the most challenging thing about trying to be a quarterback in Italy in Division One is that we, we don't get paid enough to just play football. So no. <laughs> I work in, right. I work um, for a bank. I'm a financial consultant uh, near Milan. Yeah. And yeah, that's a challenging thing. Like you gotta, you gotta work 8, 8 a.m., uh, 5 p.m. And then like on Fridays, I used to drive all the way through Florence, like a three and a half hour drive um, and, and get to practice. So yeah, that's a three and a half but, hour drive, driving uh, 90 miles an hour like you do or however many kilometers they call it in Italy. Yeah. I mean, you're like, like that. The way you drive is like one of those, uh, you know, Trans Am drivers or whatever they call them. <laughs> it's just, I've, I've ridden to the game with him, so I get it. He knows where all the speed traps are and he knows where all the, all the radar detectors are and everything like that. So that's awesome. Well, some, some people give their kid a little teddy bear when they're an infant and your dad gave you a football. So that puts you on a different course immediately. Yeah, so. that's right. actually, I remember me, I probably was like uh, three or four years old. And before going to bed, my dad made me run all the, all the routes and I, I couldn't drop a football. So if I dropped one, I had to start back from route number one and before going to sleep. So that, that helped me. <laughs> that's what you needed to do with our receivers this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. My, my mom was mad because like, then I, I went, uh, I always um, going to sleep, uh, sweating. So, so my, my mom was <laughs> mad about that, but that helped me with a lot. Go to sleep with sweating. You, you went to, a lot of food, yeah. yeah, you went to sleep dreaming about the next day that you play football your mom was mad well tell us what school you went to because um That's you know the listeners you can tell he can speak english really well and he and he understands english really well but um you went to an english speaking school when you were growing up right right that's right and again my mom helped, helped me a lot because uh she's an interpreter so i, I grew up uh pretty much speaking english with her then i lost uh I lost a little bit of knowledge in the last years because I didn't get to, to speak English a lot. But like, I remember again, when I was uh, like five years old, my mom used to wake me up with a two minute warning signal. So she, she, um, she was coming in my bedroom saying, Hey, two minutes warning. So I knew I had two, I still had two minutes to sleep and then I had to wake up. So, <laughs> That's a great alarm clock right there. Your mom, yeah. loves, she loves football. She's like the commissioner of the league or something over there, right? Oh, yeah. she, she does a lot for the league. I know that. That's a that's awesome. Yeah, she's the press office. She's the press uh, PR office, right? Public relations office for the whole league or something. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I know this. I remember this. You told me one time you went to america did you go to houston or i can't remember exactly where you went to like football camps in america right i did yeah uh, thanks to uh, a great friend of mine is uh jim shelley uh-huh. uh is from texas and he helped me uh 
Um, now that doesn't sound like an Italian we, we, name. No, right, right. And uh, so, so he helped me um, get in there. And I actually went there a couple of times. First time I had um, the chance to have practice in the ESPN uh, sports facility in, in Orlando. Oh, yeah. Where they had the last Pro Bowl, I guess. Yeah. With uh, coach Tom Shaw. And like I was practicing with guys like Santonio Holmes, and I was like, because and it's absolutely absolutely not normal for a, a European guy, an Italy guy, that like we used to watch NFL on, on TV. And yeah. I was saying like the, the the fact that I had the chance to to have practice with a guy that played in the NFL, like I was watching Santonio Olves catching that game-winning uh, pass in the Super Bowl. And a couple of years later, I was practicing with him. It was mind-blowing. <laughs> so that was the first time I went to the U.S. And then the second time I went in Miami. And again, I had the chance to practice like with guys like Mark Ingram. So that's that's crazy for, for a guy that's... Again, that's from Italy, Europe. That yeah, that's not something we're used to. It. Yep. There are no players like Santonio Holmes or Mark Ingram in the Italian Football League. I can <laughs> I can tell you that. No, no. They would, uh, but it's it's so fun. You are the only Italian quarterback in the whole league. The league has uh, what do we have? Eight teams in the league, and you are the only. Italian quarterback. How yeah. does that feel? How'd that feel for you? I mean, it's probably normal for you because you're just the quarterback and you don't even think of it. But I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, actually, actually, it's, it's a big honor and a big responsibility because, like, uh, I'm honored that uh, the wealthy choose me to play quarterback because it's not a it's not the easiest choice you can make. Like it's easier to to get a just keep along with him. So the fact that they believe in me and they decided to to try to win the championship with me, that's a, a huge honor for me and um, and a, a big responsibility uh, yeah. because of like I want to give them give them back what they what what uh, what they what actually they never had because we never won a championship. In Division One, right, and it's a big responsibility for all other Italian quarterbacks that are growing up right now. Because I, I want to show them that it's possible to to play uh, a hard work, right? So that's uh, the the thing that every Division One team needs to have a, a new U.S. quarterback. I want to yeah, show the, the, my country that it's possible to win yeah you're breaking up but yeah we did we did win with you at the quarterback and it's because of your competitive spirit and competitive heart I mean you just you it's because your dad put a football in your hand when you were one month old and didn't give you any other options there was no plan b and you just you just balled and, and played uh Played great. You know, it was fun for me because, like, you know, it was, it's so uniquely different than American football. But in a lot of ways, it's very, very, very similar. Um, in a lot of ways, it's very similar. But, you know, <laughs> I can't tell you. The first time we played Parma at Parma and uh, 
I drove up in the car with you and it's like an hour and a half drive and we got up there and you know we're playing them on a that field was a in my mind that field was like a goat ranch you know it was uh just I don't they they just mowed the I don't even know if they really mowed that grass much but um you just were so competitive and and you know the whole day I was thinking not the whole day but before the game you know where you and I went over to the grocery store and we just walked through a grocery store and picked up some prosciutto and some cheese and some what other pasta stuff. And, and we had like our pregame meal at a picnic bench <laughs> outside the uh, um, stadium. It's not even, I don't even want to call it a stadium. It was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day, but I wouldn't call that a stadium where we played and uh, but it was fun. And that was, that was just, you know, um, we lost in overtime in that game, but that game showed me who you really were. Cause that was like my second game. My first game there was I had got there eight days before the first game. And so I was trying to learn the plays and learn who the players were and everything. I, I was trying to learn who you were and, and know who you were. And, um, and by the second game, we had a better feel for each other and you just were, you were just balling in that game, man. It was so fun. And, uh, and then we went and went into overtime and all that, but, um, you know, tell me, cause like, you know, when I would say things in English, some of the guys would get it. Some of them wouldn't get it at all. Right. And so mm-hmm. what is yeah. it like when you're leading your team in Italian, you know, you'd hear me say something and then you'd be like, you tell them in Italian and, and just mm-hmm. tell them the different how that how that all translates and how that works. Yeah, of course. Uh, as a quarterback, I want to make sure that every guy on the field knows what what he's doing and understands what you are saying. Uh, unfortunately, not everyone speaks English uh, uh, very well, so they might uh, lose something you say. Yeah. So I, I just want to make sure they all they all know. So I was pretty much. Um, translating what you were saying to 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 everyone on the field, and uh, like com- communication is a very important part of football, and the fact of having a, 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 an American coach with Italian players can be a problem because of that. So like the guys that knows English and that speaks English uh, better, they always try to translate for 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 the other guys. But that's that's something we're used to. It. I mean, it's, it's been like that in Italy for years, so it's just normal for us. Yeah. How old is the league? Tell everybody how old the league is. Actually, uh, I'm not sure, but I think the, the last Super Bowl was the 42nd. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. My my, my mom knows better. Yeah. Did it start with American coaches, or did the uh, and maybe you don't even know this, but I'm I'm curious how it started and then how Americans got to come over there and become uh, the head coaches of the teams, you know? Well, actually, uh, I know something about it because my dad played for, I guess it was the first uh, Super Bowl ever in the, in the 80s. Wow. And uh, yeah, I think it was uh, 1980. So... I think it's like 41st 
Super Bowl we just had or 42nd, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. but anyway, so yeah, he played in first Super Bowl and I don't think they had uh, import players the first year because like the first year they had just like two or three teams. Right. It was so- something something really, really new. And um, but but then the sport uh, grew a lot in the first year. So like in I believe it was 1987, they had uh, 27,000 uh, fans. Wow. In the bleachers. Yeah. And um, yeah. And um, so that, I, I, I really don't know how we, how everything uh, grew up that fast. But yeah, I don't know. They, they probably started to having import players by 1983, 1984. Yeah. When Andre is talking about, let me explain that. When, when uh, Andre is talking about import players, you know, we got to have two Americans on per team in this league. And so a lot of the teams choose an American quarterback because they'd have an American head football coach. And Andrea was the only Italian. I know we spoke about that a little bit earlier, but um, uh, the Florence team is called Guelphy and they chose Andrea, the only Italian quarterback in the league and um, with an American head coach and so it, it just, it was a fun challenge. It was a, it was a really fun challenge. And I thought, I mean, we lost in the semifinal and that's, that's huge. It's not huge to lose in the semifinal, but we took that team a long ways with, with considering what, uh, what challenges we were faced with, you know, and, and uh, it's really fun, you know, so we had an American running back and an American uh, free safety who uh, we also he also played receiver for us and did a really good job at receiver for us too so but like Andrea did a fantastic job of getting all those guys on the same page and actually we developed um, our punter <laughs> into a pretty good receiver you know which is fun right oh yeah but yeah in, in Italy again we're used to uh play multiple positions. Yeah. Like we don't have rosters with like 50 guys, 60 guys. Like probably if you're lucky, you have like 25 guys at practice, something like that. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to play at multiple positions. I actually started playing running back. Then I moved to quarterback and, and I played a little bit of receiver too. So well, that's one of your biggest, uh, I mean, you throw the ball really well, but you run the ball really well. You got good vision and you're tough, you know, you're a physical runner. So that's, that's a really good thing. The, um, uh, I was thinking of something that I wanted to ask you, but, um, you know, the, uh, the games are unique for me because there's no scoreboard in the game. You're used to that. I never got used to that. That there was no, I didn't, I didn't mind, you know, not having the actual score on the board, but the clock missing the clock drove me crazy because I always felt like the referees were cheating or something like that, you know, and, but you know what it taught me, it taught me to just keep playing forward because you have no idea what, what time is on the clock. So you just keep playing mm-hmm. forward, keep playing forward. How did how do you manage that as a quarter? Well, um, I always try to ask the referees how many 
how much time uh, left on the clock uh, is not easy. I mean, it's not easy for sure because it's not like you 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 have a clock uh, on the field and you can see. And I mean, you you have to actually ask the referees every time, hey, how much time left? And especially if you want to go with a two-minute drive or something like that is more difficult because then you got to tell the ref and that ma the referees lose like five seconds just to know what how many how much time left on the clock so yeah uh, it's it's not easy but again I'm used to it because I, I never had a clock I know and you were way better at it than me I would get so frustrated because like you said It'd take a lot longer than five seconds to get a response from the referees. It'd take about 25 seconds. And then you're like, well, it's almost a waste of time. That's when I had Soren, my son, with his, with my iPhone, keeping the time on the mm -hmm. game time on the clock because he was actually more accurate than the actual referee. And so right. that allowed us to uh, keep, keep playing. So let me ask you this. Um, how do you know our – are you already signed up? Are you playing again for Guelphie? Are you going to, do you know what's going on? Uh, I think so. It's not official yet, but yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I, okay. I, I spoke with uh, Edo, our GM, and uh, we're pretty much, we're pretty much on the same page. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be official in a, in a little while. Good. Yeah. 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 Well, you break that news whenever you're comfortable breaking that news, but, um, that's exciting. That's exciting. I know they just re-signed uh, Coach Bryles, and Coach Bryles does a great right. job. He's he's an awesome coach. He's a really good dude. It's uh, it's so exciting that they got him back there. Um, would you ever think about coaching? Do you want to coach? Well, actually, I'm thinking about playing until I'm 48. <laughs> <something> <laughs> okay, like that. man, you're gonna break Tom Brady's records. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, after that, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to live football at all. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that's that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. So, actually, I'm I'm thinking about keep on playing uh, until my like my 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 arm fall fall off. <laughs> and uh, well, you're yeah. you're and, I mean, you played with a broken navicular bone in your wrist for three weeks, I think it was, and, and I mean, you just kept going and going and going. He broke his he broke his wrist in uh, in Ancona when we were over in Ancona playing them. And you didn't even, you just kept playing, you know, when did you think you broke? Uh, I broke it in the, in the second drive of the game. Uh, I, I got it after a throw. Yeah. And I think I, I fell on my hand in an awkward way. So I broke it. I didn't thought it was broken actually. Yeah. Uh, until probably the, the next day. Well, when, when I fell, it was, there was something wrong. So I just went to the hospital. Your wrist is broken. Uh, you, you need to stop every for like three months. And I was like, no, there's no way. I got to buy a week, but in two weeks, I got to play. Because uh, we, we were in the playoffs after that game, I think. That's right. Yeah. So you rub some so, pasta. You just rub some pasta. So on like, it. I got to find a way to, to keep playing. Yeah. yeah. And you did. We, you put a cast on it and taped it up and you just kept playing and and you know you wore a black glove on that hand anyway so that kind of hid that whole uh um injury a little bit you know 
but you, I mean, that's, that's what good players do. Great players do. And that's what you are. You're a great player. You know what I think you should do. And, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this and then we'll close it up. But um, one of the great ways, cause you're such a great ambassador for the sport of, of football in Italy, because you are the only Italian quarterback that starts in that league. There are other Italian quarterbacks in the league, but you're the only one that starts and produces at a high level. I think you should start some camps. And um, have you ever thought about that? Maybe you and your dad or just yourself and a friend or something like that, or fly me over there to Milan and I'll help you get it started or whatever. But um, I just think that would help you grow the sport even more in Italy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I started thinking about it uh, like two days ago when you texted me uh, saying this, right? Yeah. And the thing, you, you know, Hugo, the quarterback yeah. coach from Guelphie, he just started his own camp. Uh, he had his first uh, day like uh, a week ago uh-huh. and he went on break. So I was just thinking I, I can like join him because we, we're both like in in the Guelphy team. Yeah. Lawrence. Because, like, his, his camp was great. Like, yeah, like, 40 quarterbacks from all around Italy. And, um, you know, he loves uh, teaching. So, uh, they, they spend the whole day talking about uh, mechanics and reads and everything. So, yeah, that, that's that's definitely a way to develop uh, quarterbacking in, in, in Italy. Because yeah. as I said, the, the problem is that um, right now, pretty much every Division One team has a American quarterback. Actually, in our national team, uh, we got two American quarterbacks because, <laughs> like, they're dual passports. Oh yeah. And so, so the thing that could happen to a young guy in Italy is that it looks up to Division One and national team and goes like. I don't want to play quarterback because I know I won't be able to play at the, uh, the highest level because they, they're just using Americans. So the goal is to change this, this whole thing and, and starting to have a quarterback camp can absolutely help that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're the guy that can do that because these kids see you now, you know, you, you represent that, um, opportunity for them and so like if you start your camp up there in milan because florence is three hours south of right of milan and there's a lot of players up and around that milan area that you start a camp up there as well and um you get to see these guys and who knows the next 12 year old might be the next you know the next andre you never know and but um you know, because not everybody plays soccer or, or, you know, what mm-hmm. you call football there. <laughs> it get confusing over there. But uh, yeah. they, um, I just think you're such a great ambassador, you know, and when those kids would come and watch you play and they just would be like, wow, I could do this too, you know, because um, you're the only guy doing it. You're the only guy doing it. And then they see that and they're like, man, I can do this too. I can do this too. And then you go there and you talk to them and you lean into them and you teach them and you show them film and you talk to them about the mechanics of it and all that. And 
I just think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be awesome. And I think, uh, right. you should, I really think you should do it because it'll help the, it just helps the whole league. It helps the country. It helps all those kids that want to play. Some of those kids go, yeah, well, they're never going to choose me because they're going to choose an American. Well, you don't think that. You're, right. you're thinking, hey, I'm going to be in that international bowl next. I, they're going to choose me. I'm going to be that guy. You know, that's your mind. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you got to transfer that mindset into those guys. Well, well, hey, let's uh, let's close with this. I always say we we got to get another rep. We got to get another rep. What does that mean to you? Another rep when we're talking? Uh, uh, like it's trying to pursue perfection. You know, uh, I loved. We spent a lot of days uh, before the games when I when I went to Florence. When it was just me and you on the on the football field, uh, trying to go over plays, and another rep for me means you, you have to keep trying to pursue perfection, and and it just happens if you don't have excuses and if you don't blame anything else than than yourself, and if 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 you don't finish perfectly, you just got to keep going so that's that's what it means to me and uh i i love this mentality yeah like, yeah i love i love uh i love the fact that you took to heart what i was coaching and you you translated that to your italian teammates and i would always say and you know this i would always say no excuses no explanations right and if we if we have that mindset we can grow and get better and then have a chance to beat whoever we play. But if we keep making excuses and explaining why we screwed this, you know, cause really the other team doesn't care. The other team has their issues. So we have to, we have to just dial in and get better ourselves. And the only way we do that is to continue repping with good intentional reps and keep playing forward. You know, that's one thing that I, I really emphasized in my own coaching there because um, honestly, we can't change the referee and the referee and is what it is. We can't change the fact that there's no clock at the game. There's a lot of things that we could make excuses about, but there's a lot of all those things we can't change. We just can't change. And so we have to say no excuses, no explanations. Let's just keep playing forward, keep playing forward. And that's what I appreciated about you. You took that coaching really well. And then you translated that into Italian and you drove your team. You know, there's, there's teams, or I mean, there's players. Like when I was coaching in the NFL, Andrea, guys would say, coach, I just want to make the team. And I would say, just making the team isn't good enough. You have to make the team better. And that's what you did. You made our team better. And in so doing, we got to play in the playoffs and, and have a shot at playing for the championship, which was Awesome. I appreciate you, man. Awesome year. Like, I really enjoyed it. I, I loved our lunch meetings we had. Um, <laughs> like, I think we had it, like, every day for four months, five months. Yeah. I, I ate a lot of pizza during those meetings. So. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea would run. He'd go get a pizza. He'd come back. And then we'd have a Zoom meeting because he was in Milan. Here, here's the thing that we haven't even talked about. You practiced once a week and we practiced at Friday night. Practice would usually start around 10 o'clock at night, 10 p.m. at night. 
and then um, we play a game the next day. So, I mean, that's just phenomenal in itself. Essentially, you practiced one time a week for almost the whole season, which to me, all these American quarterbacks are with their American coaches and they're practicing four times a week over in Milan or, or Rome or wherever, you know, and you practice once a week and you came out there and you led your team that that should have been the first thing I said on this whole show, because that is just a phenomenal feat of, of discipline. And I mean, crazy to me, that's crazy. It's just crazy. And I, I love you for it. It's just, Awesome. Awesome. I can't imagine that Tom Brady could only go out and practice uh, at 10 o'clock the night before the game and have great results like you have. So <laughs> that's a testimony to you. That's why, that's why, yeah, that's why our lunch meetings were so useful. I needed them. Yeah. Yeah. And then he'd come and stay with me, you and Bianca, your girlfriend, and they'd bring the cloud. We're going to end it with the cloud. What the heck is the cloud? Oh, <laughs> uh, a, cl a cloud is um, uh, a special. I, I don't really know how to describe it because it's is is unique. It's uh, like a dessert uh, that's um, from Lake Como. Like they they make it there, yeah. And it's something like a um, a super soft bread with uh, with a cream in it. It's it's just. Uh, <laughs> you can only describe it as, you can only describe it as it's like a cloud it's just so it's it's unique it's very unique hey this is what you got to do right it's close this up you got to have a camp you got to have a camp with all these kids and then you got to give them the secret recipe to the cloud because that makes them a great italian quarterback <laughs> not pasta not chianti hey, not... <laughs> if, if if i find out the side for for the cloud, I might end up playing goal line, folks. <laughs> True. You can only eat one cloud a week. Otherwise, you turn into an right. old <laughs> Hey, Dre, great having you on the show, man. I love it. We're going to do this again. Yeah, love this. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, love make it a great day there in Milan. My day's just getting started. Like, it's only about 8.35 out here in Nashville. So, uh, loved coaching you. I love you as a man. Keep rolling. You're doing a great well, job. Can't wait to have you back on the show. Thanks, Coach. I love you. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another rep today. I know I love reconnecting with Dre, and I hope you uh, loved being introduced to him and hearing his story. It's just a, it's a phenomenal story. I mean, he's the only starting quarterback in Italian quarterback in Italy. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. It's an awesome story. Anyways, hey, if you like this story, hit like, subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your people, and uh, let's just keep repping. I'm out.